I'm not afraid of showing you a video of me failing and falling apart. And honestly, I've put up videos of me quitting workouts. <laughs> like like yeah. most people will be like, oh, whoa, whoa, I would never that's show just, that. No. I'm that just show shows you what me. a real person you are. Yeah. You know? there's, there's a gap in our society where people want to show the perfect side of their life on Instagram and on YouTube and in all social media aspects. And, you know, that's fine and dandy. That's cool, you know. But at the same time, it's depressing to people. You want to show them the real parts of life where they can connect with you and say, you know what? Some, some person might have gone to a CrossFit gym today for the first time and they quit a workout and they want to come back and say, okay, if they look on social media, all they see is, Oh, not, no one quits a CrossFit workout. That's absolutely right. not true. Cause I've quit many, many times. And as so I want them to see that and think, Oh, well, Jacob Hebner quits a CrossFit workout, then I can too, because we're all human. And I want to show that raw, unfiltered side of, look, this is me. Like, I'm not going to hide anything. We'll talk about all sorts of taboo topics. I don't really care. Hi, my name is Scott Schweitzer, and I am the Clydesdale CrossFitter. My friends, Amy Radowski, Charlie Odie, and I, we love the sport of CrossFit. We are 40 plus masters athletes who just love to watch the sport and want to let you know what's going on all the way from the open to the sanctionals to the CrossFit games. We also want to give you interviews with athletes, human interest stories, and things that will help you in your daily grind uh, as a CrossFit athlete. We also want to share our own struggles through our workouts, our nutrition plans, all the way to getting healthy and fit uh, for our family and friends. If you like what you hear, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and please consider giving us a five-star rating. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Crossfitter and Friends. Hey everyone, welcome to the Clydesdale Crossfitter and Friends. My name is Scott Schweitzer. I am the Clydesdale Crossfitter and I am your host. And with me in this quarantine version of our podcast, I have Charlie Odie. Yo. And Amy Radowski. Hey. And so, man, it is some crazy times around here. How are you guys uh, coping with uh, the quarantine? I know last week, uh, Charlie, you were uh, part of the uh, Lord of the Flies, Hunger Games, yes. whatever we wanted to call it. You, you, you doing any better? Yes. Uh, I'm still the leader of the group. Um, we had a little wavering here a couple days ago where I almost lost control, but... Um, but I'm still in control, so uh, we're good. We're good here. It, it seems kind of interesting that when I FaceTimed you this week and you were sitting at your desk at home and there was two kids crawling on you at the same time, though. Yes. Uh, because I still CrossFit, I'm, I'm still establishing dominance. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Just checking. And are, are we telling the truth? Isn't Lisa really the leader? Yeah, probably. But uh, <laughs> I'll never admit that. Um, so she never listens to this podcast then no, <laughs> yeah. All right. What, what, whatever helps you through, man. <laughs> so Amy, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Um, now that at least we've gotten, have the windows open, it feels, uh, you know, pretty nice. And i tell you what, I've seen more. So I spend a lot of time outside, no matter what the temperature is or what the weather is. So I'm often outside, you know, going to the parks and hiking or walking around and even our neighborhood. And I've seen more neighbors in the 10 years that I've lived here now since ever. 
so that's just been kind of interesting but um yep holding up pretty good now that we can get a little bit of fresh air in the windows so yeah i have not seen so many walkers in our neighborhood until we were quarantined um so i've actually met more neighbors during the quarantine (laughs) right than than when we're doing our regular um everyday stuff so Yeah. yeah so how how what does training look like these this last week my training's been pretty well. I mean, I've, I've been following along with my regular training, um, you know, staying with it, but you know, it's fun now that I can do some more stuff with the kids. Um, we had a little family workout sesh this, um, this morning. So that was nice. And then it was so nice out that I just decided to go for a little, um, ruck walk with Murph. So we went, um, I threw in my, uh, weighted vest and put it in the backpack and then got Murph ready and we went for a five mile ruck. So that was nice just to get out again, more fresh air. And I had to do the ruck today was a good day for the ruck because it's so windy out that I needed it to stabilize me. <laughs> we wouldn't yeah. want you blowing away. I know. I know. That is, so never, that is never a problem for the Clydesdale. <laughs> <laughs> so Charlie, what's your training week look like? I've actually, I feel like I've gotten more training in because there's really nowhere to go. And that's a way for me to escape from young hands and feet. Um, so, and there seems to be a lot more running, which I don't really, really like, but, um, hey, you, you've been saying you need to run more. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I still don't like it. Uh, it's not getting any better. Okay. Um, but yeah, but I, I feel like I'm going to come out more fit than I went in. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. What about you, Scott? Um, so I, I, I had a good week. I wouldn't say a great week. Um, the one thing I think that is a drawback, and it's probably my own fault, is that I don't think I warm up as, enough when I'm doing yeah. it by myself. Yeah, we uh, know about that. Yep. And, you know, I'm 50 now and I warm ups probably important. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> the, the other night I caught a clean wrong. And so, you know, when your wrist hurts after that. And so then I've been limited to like some kettlebell stuff. And and luckily I have a rower. Uh, and what I've what I love about that and working from home is I hop out my lunch hour and I just do like a thousand meter row just to kind of get the blood flowing in the middle of the day. Uh, nice. And so that's something I, I've n- never been able to do before. Uh, so I'm adding that in like every day. Good. Yeah. Um, and then do I'm doing like a workout in the evening. So, but it is crazy. Like, cause I have the rower set up in the driveway and then I have my, my pads in the garage with, with dumbbell or kettlebells or the barbell or whatever. And all the, the neighbors just staring. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I'm some kind of freak. I get it all the time because if I'm wearing my weighted vest or doing stuff out there, I do. I get it. But, you know, a lot of them are asking, too, like, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I normally CrossFit, and so I have some equipment in my garage, and I'm just doing it here now. Uh, And and they're complimentary of it, but at first they just kind of give you the weird stare. Yeah. I kind of get that when I'm throwing my uh, hyper pink bar that I throw around. (laughs) They're like, yeah, what's going like, on in this garage? Who's that metro guy over there? 
Yeah. And the nice thing is my wife has jumped in a lot um, on the workouts now. Uh, nice. When it's at home, it, I think she's just more comfortable. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we, we, we get a good habit going there and, and that continues on. Yeah. So the next thing I wanted to talk about is I just wanted to let our listeners know that um, I've been testing some merch uh, for the podcast. Um, and I have a whole bunch of Clydesdale CrossFit and Friends stickers and magnets. And uh, with that, I wanted to promote that we have an Instagram account and a Facebook account um, under the Clydesdale CrossFitter. And if you want to direct message me, uh, your address, I can send you some of the merch uh, just for being a listener. Uh, no cost to you. Uh, I'll just send that out to you since it's just stickers and um, and magnets. It's just a simple stamp and I can get that out to you. So just uh, if you want to follow the Clydesdale CrossFitter um, on the Facebook page or the, at the Clydesdale CrossFitter on Instagram and then just direct message me, um, I can send you that merch. We also tested some t-shirts Um a couple different varieties and we finally got the the right version in uh, and they came out really well and so we're looking to sell some t-shirts soon and so if you're interested in that just uh, go ahead and dm me there too and i'll let you know when we uh get that up and running yeah get some merch i have a question as a friend of the program uh that i am you know and asking for a friend how does i get some of those uh merch well, I have some for you. I actually have a shirt already made for you, and I have uh, stickers and magnets for you, but we've been quarantined, and I have not seen you in person. Mm. Are these T-shirts in the A-frame? Uh, yeah, the, the Dan Bailey A-frame? Yes. Yeah, I special special ordered that for you. Perfect. It's it's the crop version, too. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. If I can get a razor back as well, it'll go right <laughs> with my pink bar. There you go. Yeah, I'll so, let you borrow my Razorback. Done. <laughs> All right. So yeah, just just follow us on those uh, on those social medias out there and uh, DM me, and I'll get you some information and some free swag. And then we also wanted to promote our Whoop group one more time. Uh, so we have the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends Whoop group. That is so fun to say. And Whoop group. So all you have to do is if you have a whoop strap, uh, go ahead and uh, log into your whoop um, and search for the Clydesdale CrossFitter and friends. And then the code to put in is C O M M dash F is in Frank 46 a five E. And when you put that in, you'll join our group and we can uh, cheer each other on in our little home workouts and see what the strain has been. Um, and do all that kind of stuff. So, and again, I'll post that code on the description for the podcast. Yeah. And so at this point, uh, Amy and I actually um, got a last minute uh, acceptance to do an interview. We had like five minutes to go. And uh, <laughs> we we did that with one Mr. Jacob Hepner. And it was a very fun and energetic uh, podcast, uh, but it was, we didn't have much warning. So we go about 42 minutes before we really specifically talk about CrossFit. 
Uh, but it was well, a lot of fun and a lot of his interests kind of in and around CrossFit and what he's using to support himself. And Amy, did you want to add something? Yeah, I was just going to say we got to learn a lot about him as a person outside of just being, you know, a CrossFit athlete. So that's one of the things I loved about um, the podcast. And um, I'm excited to watch on YouTube about um, Hepner's Happy Hemp Farm. Yeah, and you'll, so. learn, you'll learn about that in this interview, um, the yes. venture that he's starting up. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, so we'll go to that interview and then we'll check back with you when that's done. Hey, Jacob, how you doing? I'm good. How about yourself, Scott? I am awesome. Uh, Amy is with us as well. Amy, you doing well? Yeah, yep. I'm glad. Uh, glad to be on this call. Glad to have something to do to break up the boredom of, uh, of my days now and excited to be talking to Jacob. Yeah. And, and we're all in different locations because uh, we're all in uh, what? I can't even say any words anymore. I worked four 10-hour days this week, and I am <laughs> spent quarantined. That's the word, quarantined. Um, yeah. But I, I will try to live up to my hype, Amy, for you, but there are absolutely <laughs> no promises. I, I, will, I, will, I, will, I will attempt to make your day better. <laughs> oh, I like it. I like it. <laughs> Well, the first thing we wanted to do is wish you a belated happy birthday. I know you turned 30 just two days ago. I did. What is today? Yes. No, it was yesterday. I don't remember. Whatever. It was on Monday. So Monday. No, Mo Tuesday. I don't remember. <laughs> I turned 30 this week at some point during this week. I don't remember what day it was, but thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, so did were you able to celebrate it all with everything going on? We actually had a... My wife um, threw me a surprise birthday party <clears throat> in um, the gym on sunday so it was before any of this really got closed or the governor started limiting people because i think we had like 50 people there so wow it would have yeah. been, been illegal like five days later <laughs> yes <laughs> just well, in that, time mm -hmm. that's pretty cool well when we were setting this up it's kind of cool I, um you had said that you this is your rest day and so it's a good day for you on a thursday uh, but you actually set time aside for your wife and, and family for the weekend. And I thought that was a really cool thing that you do. And so how long have you been married? Um, I have six years. I will have been be married careful. six years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a loaded <laughs> question, yeah. Uh, I will have been married six years um, this July. <clears throat> wow. That's yeah, cool. So still pretty young, still pretty young, but yeah, so still great. Well, I'm I mean, so I this is the year I'll be married 20 years and we got married when we were 22. So we, we got married pretty young and uh, pretty excited that in the year 2020, we get to have some positive <laughs> news and celebrate the 20th this year. So <laughs> it's the only thing positive so far going on this year, I feel like. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so, so how did you guys meet? Uh, yeah, we met in college. Um she was a freshman. I was a junior I met in college. We were friends for about four years, actually. And it wasn't, you know, I actually tried to date her many, many times and she refused it. Um, <laughs> and so I was essentially, I was essentially friend zone. And so yeah. I finally one day just got sick of it. I was sick of it. And I said, look, I said, here's the deal. I said, you either date me or you will never see me again in your life ever again. I will leave. I can't take this anymore. I'm not doing this. And she goes, okay, um, can you, how long do I have? And I'm like, she's like, she's like, can I have, can, she goes, I was like, 
you have a week. And she's like, oh, I was like, what did you want? She's like, I wanted like a year to decide. I was like, a year to decide? Like, it's <laughs> a, bit, a bit long time. So anyways, like, yes. Yeah. Strong marriages are built off ultimatums as the foundation. I mean, for real. Proven fact. You were, yeah. friend, you were friends for four years and she needed another year? Yeah, she wanted. She, I yeah, I don't know what she was deciding. I'm not really exactly sure. Like, what is there to decide at this point? But either get rid of me or take me. So right. <laughs> well, luckily she made the right decision. Yeah. Well, we, yeah, we will figure that out. But yes, right now we definitely think it's the right decision. <laughs> well, that's really cool, and I love the way I love the fact that you actually set that time aside uh, from everything and and don't do anything on the weekends, but spend time with your family, and that's really cool. Yeah, on Sundays for me that's it because on Saturdays I'm still I'm still swamped doing things. But on Sunday I pretty much, you know, it's a Sabbath for me. I pretty much go to church and lay down and hang out with her and the dog. So I don't do much anything. So try to keep it that way. Cool. Well, so um, in my research, I saw that you you were at one time a defense analyst. Yeah. So um, I, my bachelor's degree is in uh, mathematics. And so I went and um, worked for the Army, the DOD, as a civilian, um, as a, um, essentially an ORSA, which is an Operations Research uh, Systems Analysis. It's essentially a guy who, uh, guy or girl, uh, as a job, the job is to help make decisions, backing it up with some form of mathematics. So pretty, pretty simple stuff. So, yeah, that was, I worked for the Army for about three years, I think. Is, is that how Jack Ryan got started? Yes. Well, no, he was an analyst, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, he, I think, yeah. But you see, the thing is, like, if you take Jack Ryan and compare him to, like, the group that essentially the group I worked with, he would be the one out of place because he was obviously very fit, very good with firearms. The people I worked with were great people, but they were all, we were all, they were all very, you know, math oriented people who necessarily don't play a lot of sports. So I kind of stood out as a sore thumb as probably as Jack Ryan would too. So. And so well, I, I heard your, your YouTube or your, your, it might've been a podcast. I can't remember where, which one I heard, but where you were talking about that. And then um, that you had, um, you quit your job so that you could focus full time on your YouTube channel and, and on your training. So is that still your focus or, or, or are you back to, um, doing some of that work as well. No, yeah. So, well, that was a different job. So I worked, uh, graduated college, um, okay. worked for the Army for a few years. Um, loved it. Great opportunity. Learned a lot of good things. Um, met a lot of good people. And then uh, quit my job there and worked as a project manager for a web development company that was out of Raleigh, North Carolina. So I worked from home as a, as a project manager. Not something I went to school for, but I mean, like, to be honest, like, in my mind, college teaches you how to think outside the box is the one thing you learn and how to think and communicate with people. And, like, you can really do any job as long as you know how to communicate, talk well, and, and be a quick learner. And so I learned really quick how to be a project manager. Um, did that for many, many years. And then many, many years. I'm only 30, so not that many years. <laughs> many, many years, like 20, right? Um, and I uh, did that for a few years. And then um, this past June – leading into the CrossFit games, I decided, you know what? I had so much on my plate. I was doing so much. Um, and most of them were a, were, was a revenue stream. Usually um, my mindset is I'm not going to sink time. People seem, seem, seem to think it's a little bit harsh, but I'm not going to sit around and waste time doing something that isn't, uh, I can't monetize or can't bring in as a revenue stream. It's not worth my time. Um, 
And so uh, I was doing a YouTube channel, which I thoroughly enjoyed the creative aspect of it. And they allowed me to create a following that I could monetize. And at the same time, after I was done competing, I can still use that to stay relevant in the sport. So I was doing a, a YouTube channel. I was I ran a small business I own and operate called Midwest Made, which essentially is my programming that you can join me and do the same programming I'm doing on a week in, week out basis. Um, and then I was also training for the CrossFit Games. And it was just, and then having a full-time job on top of it. And it was just too yeah. much to run. It was just like, oh, how many hours a day do I have? Oh, not that many. Um, <laughs> and so I decided, you know, I was like, look, um, I'm young. I'm 29 at the time. Um, I want to quit my job, focus on these other revenue streams, this opportunity. And, you know, at the end of it, if five years from now, I have to go back and get a job, great. But I'd rather give it a shot now, take that chance now, becoming an entrepreneur and seeing where I can go with that. Instead of thinking back 10 years from now, man, shoulda, woulda, coulda, what if I'd have done that? Or they yeah. take that shot now. So that's what I did. Yep, quit my job in June. Um, and uh, since then, just became pretty much a full-time entrepreneur. Loved the idea of me being my own boss. And I don't think I will ever go back to being told what to do other than my wife. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Caveat, caveat, caveat. Yeah. Oh, and what I loved about it, because um, I'm I'm a former statistician, when you did your YouTube um, an analysis of could you afford to quit your job, like I loved how you broke that down piece by piece. Yeah, I mean that's and that's what I talk about is, I mean to be honest, like a degree in statistics, a degree in mathematics, especially mine being in pure mathematics, not like being engineering. I think a degree like that, a lot of kids will ask, you know, I get this all the time, like, why do I need to learn how to find an X in the equation? Why do I need to learn trig? Why do I need to learn calculus? And you're right, like, you know, I don't go out on a daily basis and, and use derivatives in my life. You're exactly correct. But I think what math in the STEM field teaches kids and college students is how to think outside the box and how to use that in different areas you wouldn't normally use it in. Like, me, I can, I feel very confident speaking to a group of people and, and breaking down questions like that and being like, um, I think I did a, a video on how do CrossFitters make money. And I broke it down and talked about on YouTube. I broke down and talked about, hey, like, here's a full-time job you might have, and you're paying this much amount in taxes. Here's what you could possibly make in the CrossFit field, and here's how much you'd be paying in taxes. So, like, can you live off of CrossFit? You know, how do we answer that for people? Because there's a lot of people out there that, look at the CrossFit space and are honestly not sure how we make money. And that's a viable question. An honest, honest, good is good question. But I think breaking it down and using a degree like that in the STEM field is really helpful because that allows you to break it down in such a way that's um, obtainable and understandable by certain people. Yeah, it was, it was very well done. And, and since we're talking about your YouTube channel, um, it really has kind of taken off. Um, I, I watch it all the time. And you're always doing different things. You never know what's coming out next. So how do you come up with all these ideas? Yeah, so um, I'm blessed to have a lot of sponsors that listen to me <laughs> to a degree. And they probably think to themselves, this idea is stupid. We're not going to do this. <laughs> um, but I kind of started the channel, um, I don't know, a couple years ago. And decided the main reason for it is forward thinking. I decided that I didn't want to be... At the end of my career in CrossFit, I didn't want to get stuck hypothetically with my pants down, meaning like, oh, I injured myself or I'm deciding to leave the sport 
and I can't stay relevant in the sport because a lot of guys will do that, guys and girls. They will leave the sport, but they don't stay relevant in the, in the sport enough so that their sponsors still want them. They can still go to events. They can still stay relevant in the sport and, and still continue to talk and people listen to them. And I said, you know what? If I start a YouTube channel and I continue it, I can create a space of long-term content that I can continue to have and stay relevant in the sport. So I decided to do that. And then I quickly realized as it grew that I could use this as a bargaining chip um, for sponsors, a bargaining chip and negotiations, and in order to get another way of getting sponsors' content out there or their products out there, per se, or what they offer to people. And so, you know, it, it's great. Like, um, I have some great sponsors that back me. But, um, and what I tell all of them usually is, and I, use, I usually use Fit Aid as an example because they're like my longest, longest sponsor I've ever had, is... When people follow Jacob Hetner, whether it's on YouTube or whether it's on Instagram, like they they expect to see, you know, pictures of my product sponsors and stuff like that. But they don't want to see it every day, right? They want to see my everyday life and they want to see random creative stuff. And so that's what I've pitched to a lot of sponsors is like, look, I have no problem posting about your product, but let's let's actually do projects together. Let's do some cool stuff together where we can go out of the box and do something crazy. And so that's what we did with FitAid. It was uh, we did Jacob of all trades. Which was um, kind of mimic. Which which uh, was in, awesome. Yeah, mimic and mirrored. It, it, it's it's actually surprising. I thought it was awesome, but it didn't go over as well as I thought it would on YouTube. Now, granted, it's still up and it still gets views, you know. But like, I thought it was going to do much better. Um, so we're actually looking at doing a second season, but we're going to have to change things up to make it more. I don't know. We're going to have to change some things up to make sure that YouTube grabs it and shows it to people more. We didn't get the um the viewage that we really wanted on it but you're right we had a great time doing it it was great content the purpose of it was hey let's go out and do some random things in the community that are outside the quote-unquote box and let's give the money that we make from this back to to local charities a lot of the companies we work with were either local non-for-profits or were connected with them i think the first one we did was a hit was i went to a um, a it wasn't an all ladies dance class. I shouldn't say that. It was essentially a high heel dance class that were a majority, like ninety nine point nine percent women. And so I show up in high heels. That granted, that's awesome. <laughs> I've never worn high heels in my life, and if I did, I wasn't gonna. I'm not gonna claim it on the podcast, right? <laughs> but like, never wore high heels. Showed up, and I am not a dancer, but I showed up and had probably the best experience of my life because it was cool to get outside of your comfort zone. And to do different things with different people and, and to be ex accepted for it. You know, there's a lot of sports and things you go into where new new people or rookies aren't really accepted or kind of looked down upon. But it was cool to do different things like that where people were like, hey, you don't know how to dance and you don't know how to walk in high heels. No worries. I'll explain to you. Let's go through this dance that we're going to learn about Beyonce or whatever. <laughs> and so there's a lot of cool experiences we did there. I think we – what did we do? Dance in high heels, served ice cream, rode a horse. Yeah, the, the ride a horse was a good one, too. Yeah, the ride a horse was a good one. So, yeah, we're going to try and do a second season. We actually – I pitched it uh, to FitAid because um, I'm, I'm closely connected to St. Jude Research Hospital because of my younger sister being a cancer survivor through them. And so I actually pitched it to FitAid to do a second season on St. Jude. Everything was on St. Jude's campus, and I would do different jobs every day for, like, six days. Um, that was – and essentially all the money would go to St. Jude for that. But the problem is right now, you know, we're getting a, a loophole thrown for us because that whole campus is essentially on quarantine because all the kids have very yeah. low immune systems and you just sure. you just can't come on campus. Right. So, but yeah, 
we're, we're still pitching the idea, but yeah, there's a lot of cool ideas. I pitch a lot of sponsors to do on the YouTube channel. I think it's an opportunity for athletes and influencers to show the creative side. And that's what I've essentially used it for. Well, and what I really, what I really appreciate about what you do is you, you, you touch on what are perceived to be taboo topics and you're very open about them. Like can a CrossFitter, um, a professional CrossFitter earn a living doing CrossFit talking about salary and money and all that stuff is, is typically taboo. Um, other things are you take a workout that's coming up in a sanctional and you say, this is going to be my strategy and I want to see if I can do it. And then you record it. A lot of athletes wouldn't, wouldn't show their hand um, like you do there. And I really, I really appreciate that. And I think it, it leads to, to more viewers for you. Yeah. I think the reason I did that in the beginning was because when you're as an entrepreneur, as someone looking in this space, you have to ask yourself, is there you know, is there a target audience? For this? What's my target audience? And is there an, an opening for this? And what I quickly realized was there was a gap in our sport and the gap existed where, um, at the time, I mean, barely, I mean, it, honestly, no one even does it now. It's pretty much just like Noah and me, pretty much Noah and myself, Olson, but no CrossFit games athlete back in the day was ever showing full length workouts. It was like, no way and i'm not gonna show my open workout it was nothing you can see nothing it wasn't even like it was that but not only that it was also i don't even want you to see my programming and you know granted like i understand that you don't want to show your programming but it's not your programming isn't the magic bullet it's the work you put into it that really determines who you are and how successful you are so i decided you know what to heck with it i'm gonna do a two-prong attack here number one i'm gonna show you my full programming that's true Midwest made. I'm not hiding anything. You can see it. If you want to do it with me, great. If you want to beat me, awesome. I don't care. Come, let's, go, let's all do it together. That was the first prong. The second prong was I'm going to show you full-length workouts, the good, bad, and the ugly. I'm not afraid of showing you a video of me failing and falling apart. And honestly, I've put up videos of me quitting workouts. <laughs> like yeah. Most people will be like, oh, whoa, whoa, I would never That's show true. that. No. I'm that just show shows you what a real person you are. Yeah, you know, there's there's a gap in our society where people want to show the perfect side of their life on Instagram and on YouTube and in all social media aspects. And you know, that's fine and dandy, that's cool, you know. But at the same time, it's depressing to people. You want to show them the real parts of life where they can connect with you and say, you know what, some some person might have gone to a CrossFit gym today for the first time and they quit a workout, and they want to come back and say, okay. If they look on social media, all they see is, oh, not no one quits a CrossFit workout. That's absolutely right. not true because I've quit many, many times. And as so I want them to see that and think, oh, well, Jacob Hebner quits a CrossFit workout, then I can too because we're all human. And I want to show that raw, unfiltered side of, look, this is me. Like, I'm not going to hide anything. We'll talk about all sorts of taboo topics. I don't really care. Um, there, obviously, there's a lot of topics off topic we won't talk about because not many people want a conservative's belief from Kansas. But, you know, like – but other than that, I'll talk about anything in the sport because not, – it's not because I want to garner views and I want to get subscribers. It's because I think out there people appreciate that and it resonates with them. Yes, well, I agree. Well, one example is before um, the Pandaland Championship, yeah. you, mm -hmm. were, you did the – it was like the heavy squat clean – front mm -hmm. squat yeah. combo with the rope climbs, I believe um, yeah, you, you told us the strategy before you filmed it. This is mm -hmm. what I want to accomplish. And then as you're going through it, it gives us something to root for. Is he going to do it? Is he going to get it? 
Is he going to do what he said he was going to do? And it adds like this, um, this, this like watching sports kind of element to your video. Yeah, no, I enjoy it. I mean, it allows me to do a lot of things. I mean, I mean, am I always going to, you have to realize that a channel like that, you know, certain channels you put on YouTube will grow with you and will pivot as you go. So like, for instance, take take an example, someone who maybe has a YouTube channel that can game that does esports essentially, they can probably pay video games for the rest of their life. Right. Because it's not going to, they can, because they can't, unless they lose their hands or get arthritis. Maybe get carpal tunnel. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. God forbid. Um, But like for me, I can't continue to work out and people aren't going to want to watch that forever. Right. So I have to be willing to let people, to put up random stuff and people to realize that there's a channel about my life. It's going to, at some point, probably pivot. It's probably going to pivot. What I mean by pivot is pivot away from something that you're used to to something that you're not used to. Jacob Wall Trades is a great example. That's not something that my channel was did in the beginning, but I want to, I want the ability and the creativity to do whatever I want. Do I want to do me, a, a vlog about me traveling to Panda to China for Pandaland? Do I want to do a me doing a workout video? Do I want to show me going and dancing in high heels for Pete's sake? You know, these are the options I want to keep available and open so that when I am done competing, I can pivot away from that and show other things of my life essentially. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I respect that completely. Well, I know Amy had a couple questions. Well, yeah. Just, hit me, hit me, Amy. You won't stump me. So, well, first of all, I remember uh, we, Scott and I both got to meet you. I, at the 2016 uh, regionals here in Columbus. So I remember huh? Um, we both did, kind of did separate things. So I remember watching you there. Um, and so I think that was then, and, you know, I, my kids were starting to finally um, get excited to with me about CrossFit and they were, you know, would start following you on Instagram. And uh, the, you know, a while ago, my son would say, he's like that Jacob Hepner, man, he really loves his gun and his dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I do. I think I think I was almost late on this call today because we were shooting. I was shooting a bow today with him, and then not a gun, but a bow. And then we were at the track running around the dog, just going ham, just doing random yeah. things. The dog. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So tell us about Winston. Uh yeah. So honestly, um, I grew up with dogs, uh, but didn't have one for a while. You know, college and you're single, and I'm not gonna have a dog. And uh, my wife actually didn't grow up with any animals at all any pets of any size she grew up on a ranch with cattle but not with like any kind of dog of any kind of sort of pet and um so she always kind of said i never want a dog never want a dog we bought this house in kansas um and it has 10 acres of land that came with it and the lady when she left she said hey the house i'm selling it as is she goes um the dog comes with it and i was like oh yeah okay yeah sure okay the dog comes with it so we showed up and th- th- we bought the house. I showed up and there was a dog, a, a ranch dog came to the house. Her name is Daisy. Should we have a dog? And a dog came to the house. She was moving into town. She didn't want to take her dog into town. It was a ranch dog, old yeah. dog. And so it was kind of a blessing because Kelly got used to having a dog run and liking it. You know, the, the dog provides companionship. It also barks when someone comes around, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so without that dog, we probably never would have got Winston. And so finally I had been looking for a dog for a while and she wanted to get a Corgi. So I was looking for a Corgi to buy and, couldn't find one that she finally found one and surprised me for Christmas a couple of years ago. And it was actually a funny story. I, I had had dogs, but I'd never had an indoor dog. Okay? I, okay. I was always used to being like the dogs outside. That's just the way it is. I lived in California for most of my life. And so 
um, I wasn't used to potty training a dog inside a house. Never had done it. And having to wake up every hour on the hour, let this dog out, <laughs> drove me bonkers. And so three days in, I finally told Kelly, I said, Kelly, I said, I can't take this dog. Oh, she's like, what do you mean? I was like, this dog is killing my training. I cannot sleep. I was like, we need to just sell this dog, get rid of this dog, sell it to somebody. We can easily sell it to cute dog. And so she actually started crying. She was like, started crying. She was like, I bonded with this dog. I can't get rid of this dog. So we kept them. And so we're actually, we actually thankful we did. Obviously it was a blessing to keep them. Um, But yeah, in the beginning, I actually wanted to to give Winston away. I was like, I can't take this anymore. But uh, it's like having a baby in the house. Oh, but you can't get a baby away. I can get a dog away. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but yeah, so we're we're lucky to have him now. He's just a part. Now, now the bad part is what I've done is I've uh, I've branded myself in such a way that when people (laughs) think of Jacob Hepler, they think of a corgi. And when they think of a corgi, they think of Jacob Hepner in the CrossFit space. So now, if this, if this, God forbid, this dog ever dies, I'm gonna have to go get myself another corgi. Now. You will. <laughs> I'm screwed at this point. But yeah, so yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh, that's too funny. So yeah, what else do you like to do outside of, of like training for for CrossFit? So we know you like your guns and your bow, and I'm guessing spending time outside. But but yeah, like what what's your what's your go to kind of hobby stuff? Honestly, like hobby in terms of hobby, those are pretty much it. I don't have much time outside of what I do. I think, like I mentioned previously, <clears throat> this is I don't usually sink my hands into things that I can't uh, monetize or make money off in some way. Um, and so I know right now we are looking into one of my sponsors is Pure Spectrum, which is a CBD company out of Colorado. Mm-hmm. And so one thing we're going to be doing this year that we're trying to do is to grow hemp on our property. We have uh, we have about four acres of land on our property that we rotate uh, beans and corn. And so another farmer does it. He leases the land. I don't I don't do the beans and corn. Um, but uh, we're going to be growing hemp on our property this year with the, the goal of growing hemp, showing the whole process. We have, actually have a YouTube channel just for that that we called Hetmer's Happy Hemp. Um, yeah it's it's great and the worst part is what do you think the logo is a corgi yeah it's a freaking corgi so we screwed ourselves again (laughs) but anyway so we've got a youtube channel and the purpose of it is to show people from you know like i have no farming background my parents were ranched my wife has no farming background her parents were ranchers and so like you know showing the ground up like i have no idea how to grow hemp i have no idea the difference between marijuana and hemp i couldn't tell you how to make cbd but to show people from the ground up hey this is how you do it this is us going through trials and tribulations and errors here's the whole process just a just a raw unfiltered look at it um and so we started that um we'll be essentially growing hemp on our property um harvesting it and then selling the raw product back to pure spectrum one of my sponsors essentially giving it to them pretty much and then they're going to take the product and make um, unique, specific products, CBD products that came only from our property. So it's going to mix with no other CBD oil. So it'll, it'll be essentially a bottle that says Hepmer's Happy Hemp logo, but it'll be like powered by pure, you know, it's under yeah, pure spectrum, pure. it's a separate yeah. line, essentially. So we'll make money from that. But yeah, we're going to try and do that. There's just a lot of, um, for me, it's cool to try different things and try your hands at things. I mean, if you're young right now, like, why not? And yeah. so um, right now we've started that um, and we're waiting for some uh, our certificate or a license to be granted from the state of Kansas in order to grow hemp on our property. There's a lot of loopholes through that. So I do yeah. a lot of paperwork for that. But yeah, 
So, you know, this is, we do a bunch of random things in my, in my house. My wife um, is a small business owner. She owns and operates uh, three different neighborhood magazines in very affluent neighborhoods in Kansas City. So since she, she publishes content, fills ad space, so she's she's 1099 the same as I have. You know, we're, we're all 1099 in the house. High risk, high reward. We love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, uh, um, I have Go ahead. a quick question. You said you were going to do a YouTube channel for the, the hemp growing. Yeah, correct. So, so it's going to be like a Green Acres with Jake and Jacob Hepner because you've never done it. Yeah. So it's actually already, it's already alive. I think we have like three or four videos on there essentially already. Yeah. It's on YouTube. You can, you can essentially Google Hetmer's happy hemp. And I guarantee you there's no other channel that has the same words in it. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's essentially just a ground up. Um, essentially think of like a beginner starting CrossFit and having no idea how to do it and just starting a YouTube channel. And it's very similar to that. It's like, look, I don't know how to farm. I couldn't tell you how to find pH level in soil. I have to do everything from the ground up, irrigation, the whole nine yards. But I'm going to show you guys from stage one to stage harvest of how we're going to grow hemp. I mean, it might fail, but that's the beauty <laughs> of YouTube. <laughs> well, well, you have hooked me. I want to. I definitely want to check that out. Yeah, it's just different. I mean, there's a lot of misconceptions. I mean, do I support uh, marijuana? Probably not, but hemp is different, and a lot of people don't understand that. And so that's the kind of what I'm doing is showing, hey. CBDs. I use CBD all the time. I used it last year leading into the games because of my inflammation in my knees. It was wonderful for my knees. And so there's a lot of misconceptions of people don't understand the difference between hemp and marijuana. You know, right. they understand THC. And so it's just the beauty of the channel is I don't know a whole lot. I'm going to do the research, and you're going to learn alongside of me, kind of thing. Well, it certainly helps me sleep very well. So I oh, oh yes, correct. Yeah, I used yeah. Uh, Pure Spectrum last night before bed so funny story is so i've been working with them for a year they're great great folks and uh they sent me some of their product um their black label line it's like their highest density cbd and uh i didn't read the fine print at all um i was taking it when they sent it to me this is probably when was this after the game before the open so i was getting ready to ramp up for the open and I was so tired. I was taking probably like, I crap you not. I was probably taking three to four naps a day. Not long naps. <laughs> but like, I mean, I was so exhausted. And I was talking to Hunter McIntyre, a good friend of mine who also is a pure spectrum. And I go, dude, I'm like, when are you taking this? I was like, I'm taking so many naps. And he's like, what are you taking differently? I was like, nothing. And, and so then he, we were talking about CBD. He's like, when do you take that? How many, How much do you take at night? I was like, well, I don't really take any at night. He's like, well, when are you taking it? I was like, well, I'm taking it during the day. And he's like, what do you mean? How much? I'm like, I'm taking it like three or four times a day. He's like, dude, that's supposed to make you drowsy. And, that, and then the light bulb went on. I'm like, oh, crap. Well, no wonder why I'm taking three or four naps a day. Like, I was like, something has got to be wrong with me right now. Little did I know I was inducing it myself. So, right. Well, that's actually a great segue because I was going to bring up Hunter. Um, I, it's cool that you guys have become good friends over the year, over the years, um, because of everything that happened with the wild card. And we don't need to yeah. rehash all that again. But, but you're doing a lot of OCR stuff too, right? Yeah, I think the general idea behind it is like fitness is fitness. Um, I don't care if Amy thinks that the best fitness is water aerobics. 
And I don't care if Scott thinks the best fitness is CrossFit. And if I think the best fitness is, you know, cricket, it doesn't really matter what you think fitness is. It's the idea of going out and staying active. And I think people (laughs) need to realize that is they tend to pigeonhole themselves into thinking that the only way to get in shape is CrossFit. Now, do I think CrossFit is a great way to get in shape? Absolutely. But do I think it's the only way? No, I'd be an idiot if I said that. Like there is, there is so many different ways of fitness and some people don't want to come into a gym. Some people's genetics are like, you know what? They don't want to come to a gym. Maybe they're an introvert. Maybe they want to just go run. That's fine. As long as they're outside doing something, who cares? And so that's kind of, it's kind of been almost the overarching idea behind Hunter and I's friendship because Hunter and I come from elite areas in our sport but completely different sports and so when he (laughs) our friendship started years ago because fit aid was a um a mutual sponsor of ours and fit aid called me up and they're like yo we got some guy his name's hunter mcintyre um he's going around during the open this was the 2018 open and they're like he's going around the open and going to different high level athletes that we sponsor meaning fit aid and he's doing the open workout with them and just kind of get like showing like his fitness in the CrossFit sport. And I was like, they're like, can he come out for 18.3? And I said, absolutely. So this kid shows up. I have no idea who this guy is. I didn't do any research into him. I didn't know who he was. This kid shows up. He is the weirdest dressed, loudest mouth kid you've ever seen in your life. At first I was like, who is this turd who comes from Malibu, California with hair talks to himself and changes his outfit like every 30 minutes. I was like, this kid is so weird. And then the more you get to know him, the more you realize this kid really loves people. Like Hunter's such a good kid. And a lot of people will tend to judge him because he's weird on Instagram. I'm not going to lie. He is freaking weird. But I think (laughs) if you spend time with him and realize who he is and his heart for people and his passion for sport and how he wants people to get into shape and he, he doesn't, that's his main passion is you realize he's such a good kid and you realize he's going to be one of your favorite friends after a while. And that's what I quickly realized is like this kid was weird in the beginning, but we became fast friends. And so fast forward from that. So we did 18.3 together and uh, he kept telling me, he's like, Hey, you need to come to this thing called Tough Mudder X. It was TMX. Essentially what it was, was a mix between CrossFit and OCR. It's like a mile race filled with obstacle courses and CrossFit movements. And I was like, hey, dude, like that's right at the open leading into regionals. I, I can't do that. I'm not going to go injure myself with this. He's like, okay. Well, then 18.4 happened with handspan push-up standard. Yeah. And I had my season opened up tremendously. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, well, cool. So I pulled him up and I was like, hey, can I still come out for this? He's like, absolutely, dude. So I bought a ticket the night before and showed up to um, Sacramento, California. And did this TMX race and just fell in love with the camaraderie there. He introduced me to all the elite level guys. And they were very welcoming to me. Granted, I wasn't from their sport. You know, I'm not a great runner in their sport. I'm a great runner in my sport. But when you transfer to different sports, you're terrible. And uh, did that. Loved it. Did it in Miami again. And then went to the finals. And he Hunter took first. And I took second right behind him after training for it for probably a couple weeks, essentially. And, and just, you know, I realized that there are other things out there and so it's kind of sad um and i think it will change hopefully in the future but there are not many crossfit games athletes out there individual crossfit games athletes that get outside the, the box in their gym and do different sports 
I don't know if it's because they don't want to get injured. Um, but I think what it comes down to is, is a pride aspect. I think there's a lot of pride in being I'm elite at my, and this isn't for everyone. This is just the, this is of course an assumption and hypothetical circumstance, but like there's a lot of pride in the circumstance of, well, I'm really good at my sport. I don't want to go to a different sport and not be good at it. Well, I'll tell you right now, I've been to many, many sports and got my teeth straight smashed in, but I went back for more and loved it. Like another great example is, uh, in 20, 18 17 2017 the crossfit games did cyclocross okay yeah and before that none of us had ever put the word cyclo and cross together and had no freaking idea what it was yeah. and so they did cyclocross and i remember looking at me like i wasn't there at the games that year either because i had bursitis in my knee and couldn't squat in the open that year and so uh i was like cyclocross what the crap is this and so i googled it and there was a cyclocross tournament actually i think it was a championship that you could actually enroll in if you wanted to that was 20 minutes down the road from my house so i got my mountain bike okay i had no idea didn't know joined a random sport me and my buddy andrew showed up with mountain bikes and went to the cyclocross competition and we got second to last and dead last i got dead last (laughs) and we were heckled and yelled at and called funny names because we or on mountain bikes you know there's obviously a cyclocross bike that i didn't know actually existed but that's my point is like go out there and try new sports like the hierarchy pyramid of crossfit is nutrition nutrition metcon gymnastics weightlifting sport yes so why not try new sports yeah the one the one big question i had and that's awesome the one big question i have is you know you and chandler and sean all seem to like smack talk with the the ocr people and i know that you guys are friends but i love that back and forth do the people on the OCR side see it as see it in the same way that we do on the CrossFit side when you guys are going back and forth with the smack talk? Yeah. Um, I hope so. Um, I think, I mean, I kind of felt for Hunter this year. So as a quick comparison, Hunter came in as the wild card and unfortunately there were probably a lot of people in the sport that weren't very welcoming to him, you know, and that sucks. And I felt for him. I felt bad for him because later I went to the Spartan Beast uh, this year, which was 13 miles at like 9,000 feet elevation with Chandler and Sean. And it was horrible. And um, and it wasn't I wasn't very welcomed there. And so I, and I kind of felt bad. I felt the way that Hunter had felt. And I hope that that changes going forward because I hope people realize that the OCR sport and CrossFit started relatively at the same time and are very it could actually benefit from each other a lot like an ocr racer could really benefit from using crossfit movements i mean look at hunter mcintyre he crushes ocr and he does both and a crossfitter can definitely can definitely benefit from honest to goodness just getting outside of the dang gym every now and again like people seem to think that fitness is only defined between our four walls and their crossfit gym and that's not true like, great, you have a great friend time, but take it outside the gym. Use it in your life. Your life shouldn't be defined as how many reps you can get and how fast you can go. Take your fitness outside the gym and do OCR races. And I hope that's what people realize is our sports are really closely related. And so, yeah, to go back to harken back to your question, um, I hope that a lot of people realize um, – kind of lost my friend of thought there. But I hope people realize that, that we can benefit from each other there in those kind of sports. Yeah, so cause... maybe you need to uh, join the Buttery Bros and go hit up Tribal Clash. Oh, they actually invited me out. 
they did. They, 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 I think they actually invited me out before uh, the Buttery Bros went out there. Because, I mean, honestly, good, the, the Tribal Clash is pretty much a CrossFit competition. It's not an obstacle course race. It's a team yeah. CrossFit competition, right? Like, it's not really obstacle. It's not running. It's on a beach. Um, yeah. But, yeah, they actually they, they invited me out to go to one, but I think it was in, like, Spain or somewhere. Okay. And I was like, uh, no, I don't think so, guys. <laughs> I wish I would have went now since our season was canceled. But, yeah, right. there's, there's a lot of things out there you can do. Tough Mudder, Spartan Race, I and mean, there's a ton of stuff. Um, High Rocks is the one we went to recently with Chandler and I, where we teamed up against Hunter. Um, it's another great example of using your fitness outside the gym. Well, and I think both sports are kind of – in their infancy stages and really could benefit from, from lifting each other up, you know, with the back and forth that you guys have, it creates some interest. Like I would never watch a, a Spartan race before you guys kind of went back and forth. And then I, I actually tuned in to see how you guys did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cross collaboration sports is huge. And I don't know why people don't realize that yet. Um, what Hunter did for our sport by bringing Hunter in, I think they should have done more of. I think Greg Glassman should have used all those wild cards and brought in people from different sports. I think that would have been huge. Now, granted, you have to bring in somebody in their sport who is okay getting beat up and maybe not doing so hot. You know, so you can't have a lot of pride coming in this sport. The same way as we go into other sports. Like, I went into the Spartan Beast knowing I was going to get my teeth kicked in and not win. Was it painful to not win? Absolutely. But I knew it was going to happen. And it's the, it's the cross-collaboration that's the important part is bringing fitness to people that people may not have never heard of CrossFit until they showed up to, and saw us do that. Same concept for you guys. You might have never watched a Spartan race or have never went and did one until you were like, oh, watch it because Hetner's there. And then realize, oh, this could be kind of cool. There's one down the road. Let me go do one. And so it's important to cross-collaborate with sports. Yeah, and I agree. Um, actually, Amy and I have done a bunch of um, mud runs. I can't remember the ones they were now, but um, we we did them early on when we started CrossFit back in 11 and 12, uh, did, did mud runs just to break it up a little bit. Yeah, and I think that's how the sport started. Like, we actually started very intermixed, and then we kind of split. I think at some point, because it used to be that I remember a lot of crossfitters did mud running and a lot of mud runners were crossfitters. And then it split at some point and turned into professional sports and separate entities. And now it's kind of like, hey, let's bring it back together and still enjoy because there's sports now being invented as hybrids. And whether it's high rocks or TNX, they're now hybrids of both sports, which I think is a great business plan. Yeah. Well, we, we are now 42 minutes in, and I guess we should probably talk about your CrossFit career a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Not that important. Um, but you are a four-time games athlete, and last year you finished sixth, um, <clears throat> which is incredible. Um, what are your aspirations this year? Do you think you have a shot at the podium? If we have the CrossFit games, um, yeah, I've always I'm a realist. Um, and I think if we have the CrossFit games, I've always improved every year. So 2014, I was 18, 2015, I was 10th, 2016, I was seventh and 2019, I was sixth. So yeah, I would absolutely love to improve in podium. I'd love to get fifth, fourth, third, second, or first, if I can break Matt Frazier's leg before we go to the games. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd love to, I'd love the podium. If we have the games, I would love to improve upon the circumstance that I did last year. I, mean, I loved last year. It was, it was different for sure, um, but still an enjoyable games experience. 
Did did you like the cuts? Um, it's difficult. Um, you know, it's difficult coming from a sport where you're used to having the you're guaranteed the whole weekend, and then being cut. Um, it was different in a way that one advantage was I liked how intimate it was. Yeah. You know, if yours, um, if there's only you know the years past was forty guys, forty girls, um, and this year it was twenty of us. That includes guys and girls. So if you didn't think it was intimate, you'd be wrong. Like we were all in the same room together. You know, the, and they had guys and girls changing rooms, but I don't think anyone ever went there because it was so far away. We just all kind of hung out. We didn't change together. Let me just clarify yeah. that. We all hung out together, and it was you know like I really enjoy um, Haley Adams, and I got to hang out with Haley Adams for a long time. I got to hang out with her before, but it was fun hang out with her in a games atmosphere. And so it was fun to hang out with Noah Olson and get to know Matt Frazier better and get to hang out with those guys and just sit, just sit there and rub shoulders and just talk for long periods of time. It was a very intimate games, I thought, and I enjoyed that aspect of it. Now, of course, I was blessed to have qualified and was top 10 and was able to be a part of that intimacy. I'm sure from the outside looking in, it was difficult getting cut. I don't, yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm sure it was very difficult getting cut and putting in all that work and whether you get cut in the first workout or the sixth workout, that's got to be very difficult to deal with. When you've, you've been to four different games now, what was, what was your favorite event in those four, those four appearances? Favorite events. Um, honestly, I think I honestly think honest to goodness, it was retesting Murph. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. It was a big old, like, I'm, out of the first, it was either first or second Murph. That just is just a vivid memory for me. It was so freaking hot the first time, and I remember how many naysayers and complainers there were about putting us in this circumstance. And you know what you signed up for? Like it's right. California in summer. Like what did you think we were gonna do? And so I think uh, I wouldn't change it for the world. I, that was that's a memory that'll stick for the rest of my life. Is being able to you know being able to run the last mile come back in and you have just people cheering out the wazoo for anybody and everybody. They don't even care. They just want to see you finish. It's just, it's just an experience I'll never forget. And then I think one of my favorite memories this year was the final event at the games in the, in the Coliseum. Um, you have to realize I have never been in the Coliseum before because they, we moved over in 17 and 18 and I hadn't been to the games. And so in 19, if I'd have gotten cut, I would have not seen the Coliseum again. So being able to go in the Coliseum and do the final workout there, I'm not going to lie. Like before the final workout, I, I shed some tears standing out there. I think I was taken aback when they said three, two, one girls. Oh crap. I got to freaking wipe my face <laughs> off and grab, grab this barbell, start clean jerking this stupid thing. But it was just, it was just a really cool experience to be out there and everyone's screaming. It's just loud. And it's like, these are things you're never going to forget in life. Yeah. I never got to go to California, but I did. I was at the 17 games. And that, that Coliseum is so intimate. Like there's no space between the floor and the crowd. No, 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 absolutely. That, that's the part I like about it. My parents bought, my parents bought tickets like right at the finish line, crap and expensive, but they bought them. And so it was really cool to get done and get done with an event and your mom's right there. You know, I, I can hug Noah's mom's, Wendy's right there, Mrs. Olson's right there. I mean, everyone's moms are right there. You know, it's just cool <laughs> to be able to finish and like, you're just there with a bunch of friends at the end. You can hug them and kiss them and whatever, and then go back and dread the next workout. Doesn't matter if you're eight or 30, you still want to hug your mom at the end of the event. That's right. Tell me I did good, mom. <laughs> that makes me super happy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, we want to thank you very much for taking some time out and, uh, um, and being with us a little bit. And it was really fun getting to know you a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it, it was great. And uh, good luck to you. I really hope we get to we get to have the season so we can see you out there. So. Oh, me too. I totally wish agree. you me luck. Too. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks for having me. Have a good day. All right. You, you too. too. Well, I that was a really fun interview. Um, you know, we got to learn a lot about um, Hefner outside of CrossFit, as I mentioned before, but just some of his um, outside adventures and and that was a really unique stuff to hear. Um, also, of course, got to uh, hear a lot about his dog, Winston. So that was really fun. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. And so with that, we wanted, we kind of want to talk about uh, the fittest that came out early last week for all of us to look at and uh, kind of some of the stuff around that. So first of all, what did you guys think of the fittest? Well, I've watched it three times now. <laughs> at least. Um, so, so you didn't care for it? <laughs> no, no, no I didn't. of course. Yeah. I loved it. Um, I, I have a, a few, okay. Overall, the content is good. I know that they were very limited because it was just the two of them to story tell. Um, and I know that they were very focused on a few people, but I, I just, I personally was wanting a little bit more from a few, some of the other athletes, like, you know, I would have liked to have heard more about or seen featured more about, you know, Carrie Pierce and Jamie Green, um, who were up there on the leaderboard. And so I just felt for me, I was lacking that and wanting to get some of that information. But um, I mean, I loved it. I mean, you know, it was just great to to have the memories and, and rewatch some of that stuff. So that's kind of my takeaway. Charlie, were you able to see it yet? Uh, I've kind of seen it. Uh, it's been, <laughs> I couldn't really hear it. There's a lot of people and things happening around me, but uh, I got to see. Uh, you okay. know, I, I agree with, uh, I agree with Amy there. It's, um, you know, obviously they were kind of limited with what they were able to do, but, um, you know, some of the other athletes I would have liked the same feature, but. So I actually, I, I watched it um, the day it came out and it was, um, I thought it was really well done. I thought it was amazing for the limited amount of cameras that they had. Um, Cause really Mars was the only on field camera. Yeah. And Heber was doing all the backstage stuff. So yeah. that's really all they had. They tried to get um, some other people kind of doing around the, the edges. Um, but um, I, I was amazed that they caught uh, Frazier's sandbag drop. Yeah, uh, I was amazed that they caught Amanda Barnhart's uh, turned ankle. Yeah, that caused her to falter later in the in the event. Um, and so I, I thought for for the limitations they were up against, some of the footage they got was unreal. Totally. I, I actually saw a podcast with Matt O'Keefe and Velner Fitkowski and Fraser, and they talked about how. Fraser and O'Keefe were with Heber and Mars when they finally got to go ahead to do the, the film. It was less than 48 hours from the start of the event. Wow. And they had to go rent equipment in those 48 hours and make a call out to people to help them in that limited amount of time. And basically yeah. they had to 
pick a couple dogs in the race. Sure. That they thought would do well. And and that's who you got in this in this in this yeah. film because they just didn't have the time to put together a lot. But um and then O'Keefe made a great point that, you know, a couple years ago they even did that when they had all the backing of CrossFit when Tia Toomey took second place at the games and there was no footage of her yeah, at true. all. That's a good point. Um, and so I think with the limitations they were under, it was a phenomenal film. Um, yes. yes. And hopefully next year it's even a little bit better. Uh, as, as they, you know, it's done well, it's sold a lot. Um, if there is a games this year, we'll, we'll right. talk I was about that say, soon. <laughs> Yeah, we still have that to cross. Um, but it's sold well, it's done well, and so hopefully they don't have to wait until the eleventh hour to get um, a signed contract to do it. Um, so yeah. I also wanted to talk about the debate that kind of stirred around the fittest, and that is um, there was some some hits from the 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 men that they kind of picked to feature about the programming, um, yeah. and. The one was that they said some of the lanes were better for the sled push than others. And it resulted in some people not doing as well. Yeah. I, I don't understand how that could be, though. I mean, I, I don't. I could, like, I heard Castro's point about, sure, I get it when you are in, um, you know, California and maybe the way that the sun was on the grass, was like, but not on turf. You know, so what's your thoughts on that? Is it possible? Could the lanes have been easier on some aspects? Well, I, 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 I actually understand both sides of it. Um, there, there was a comment made, I think by Arm and Hammer, where maybe the lanes were in that event one where they did the heavy squat snatches and mm-hmm. the people were dropping the bar because some of those lanes didn't get used much because people couldn't get through the rope climbs. Yeah. And others they could. So if that messed up the, the, the base that was poured for that turf, maybe that had something to do with it. Hmm. Um, but then Castro actually in, uh, he actually videoed his podcast with Sean and Tommy on talking elite fitness. Castro yeah. did it himself and it's out on YouTube under, Castro's YouTube channel. Okay. Um, but he actually shows the footage from that event and basically shows that there was less than a second difference um, of everybody going down to the bar muscle ups. And then okay. afterwards, there's some separation, but it's coming off the bar muscle ups, not really the sled push. Mm. And there's not a lot of variance during the pushing. Um, so yeah. I think he made a good point on that. Um, yeah. Charlie, do you have any thoughts at all or? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what I liked was Pat Vellner's like, you know, they filmed me. That was six months ago. I'm over it now. And now it's all being brought back up Yeah, sure. and everybody's making a big stink of it. And I think well, right. Castro is the one really feeding into it. He's really defending his programming. Um, yeah. And Vellner made a comment about Mary not being a good test. And um, 
Castro kind of defended that as well. He said, that's basic CrossFit. Um, it's when you put it with the other elements that they did, it's, it was a, per, it was a perfect test. Yeah. But I could also see just somebody, you know, Belner immediately afterwards being frustrated about an event, right? We've all kind of done that after an event, like that was dumb. Why'd we do that? I don't think it's necessarily a testament to Castro other than just more so being frustrated with your own performance after, after a competition. Right. Yeah. I've never understood people complaining about programming or, or events or anything like that. Cause if, I mean, the point of CrossFit is to, uh, right. You know, be able to do basically anything at any point in time. So, um, you know, you should just be prepared for the unknown. That's right. Right. And I think it was a different element with the cuts. People who played it safe in the past got, got burnt because they weren't there on the weekend to make up for it. Right. Yep. So, and, and Vellner even admits in the interview uh, that I saw him that he made a couple tactical errors early on, um, early on in the, in that, in that games um, and couldn't come, couldn't come back. But I, I will tell you, I'll tell you who I was annoyed with during that was Brooke Wells because it was clear. I mean, that she stepped outside and it was clear that they were told that. And I understand her frustration meant that that means she was cut and that that's a hard blow, but it, I feel like there was not really responsibility taken on her part. Yeah. And and, and even Castro said, maybe that was a harsh penalty, the 10 seconds, but it's what they all decided before it went. And they right. were all told that. So there you are. Yeah. Or for her to even say this sucks, but it did happen. You know what I mean? Like, I just felt like it was more like her kind of blaming rules instead of, yes, I did this and this is what happened kind of thing. Yeah. Well, during that interview with Sean and Tommy Castro, also they talked about what the um, outlook is for this year's CrossFit games. And Castro pretty much said that they're, they're holding on as long as they can to make that decision. So they have more data. But yeah. that that date that they have to make that decision is approaching quickly. Yeah, makes me worried. And yeah. um, and so they are the, on the table is a full canceling of the games. Uh, there is a postponement possibility. Uh, there is an online version of the games. Um, so they said everything's on the table, uh, and they'll they'll be making that decision in the near future. So yeah, I know that's sad for all of us who are huge fans of the games. Um, any other thoughts you guys have? No, I mean, I think it's a tough call, but I think we got to do, I mean, I think we got to do what's right. And I think what's, what's going to be right, honestly, is to, to not have a mass gathering. Yeah. I mean, I'm just feeling like even, I mean, we might be okay by then, but we might not either. And I think that that's just a big risk. And I'm not sure that the risk is worth that for now. I mean, these are strange times. I'm not saying that, but I think that the science and the data is showing this is very serious. 
Well, and I think unlike, you know, Major League Baseball and, and hockey and the NBA, the CrossFit Games are a global sport. So, yeah. so we may be okay in the United States, right. but maybe we're not in Iceland or Australia. Yes. And, and so you don't want to bring that problem back to the United States after, right. we, after we've recovered. So. And listen, I mean, just going back to the Arnold, how at that time I, I was complaining about it, but it turns out, dang, that was the right thing to do was right. to, to do that, you know? So, I mean, so I get it. I understand the frustration, especially for these athletes, especially because they're, that's their job. Um, but at the same time, like I get that, but at the same time here, I am looking at this and saying, but also my job, I'm out of my job right now. You know, like that's just life right now. And it's certainly upsetting, but like the alternative, um, I think it would be better for all alive, <laughs> you know? True. Yeah. <laughs> so I think there's a lot of pressure on CrossFit because the Olympics postponed for a year. Now CrossFit is way, way, way smaller than the Olympics. Much, yeah. much, many fewer countries, many fewer athletes. So it's, it's much, much smaller, but I think there's some pressure because they're both global sports or yeah. global events. Um, and, and they're going to probably have to take a cue from that. Yeah, I think so. My, my guess is the, the games as we know it this year will not happen as we know it. Yeah. I'm hopeful that something great happens in the next couple of weeks and it gets us back to normal, but you know, realistically, you're probably right. Yeah. yeah. And so, with that, you know, also this week, uh, Rogue announced that they were switching to an online competition. Yeah. Um, yeah. The logistics of which I do not quite understand yet. Um, yeah, I don't be- either. <laughs> because they want to live stream the whole thing. So, I don't yeah. know if they're going to do some kind of Zoom. Uh, event. Yeah. <laughs> we have 20 athletes on a Zoom. Yeah. Heats I mean, t- heats I, of 10. that's my life these days is Zooming. So, hey, look at row six, uh, <laughs> column five. Right. I think that's Jamie Green. <laughs> yeah. But I love what Rogue is doing, it, like in general, though, with it, like saying, you know, they still want to make it happen, they still want to make the prizes. But not only that, just with the Invitational, but they are crushing it just right now business-wise. I mean, number one, people are hardcore purchasing for their home gyms, but also, you know, they just opened up for 500 uh, employees to come work. Um, I have a friend that just started there because they were laid off from their other job. So um, not only are they rushing to make home gym equipment, but they're also making uh, medical equipment for people. Yeah, that's that's just phenomenal. Um yeah. and and they're not the only ones. You know, Junk Brands is is donating mm-hmm. uh their their headbands for to make masks out of. Um Yeah. And then all the companies that are giving back to boxes like Barbell Voodoo, um LRX, um Yeah. that are you buy their product and like 50% of the proceeds go back to your gym. Mhm. I mean, the, the community has really stepped up in in this crazy time. For sure. So well, let's, let's get to something a little more fun then. 
Oh, yes. Best thing from the internet. Who's going first? Not me. Fine. I'm going first. <laughs> listen, listen, listen here, people. Listen. I'm going to tell you what the best thing on the internet is. If you have not seen it on Netflix yet. You're oh, taking mine. Oh, You're taking mine. Uh, <laughs> I think that just needs to be it for the day. That I mean, if you have not seen the Tiger King, you are missing out understanding what the memes floating around the world are right now. Because that is the best thing during this this pandemic, I think, are the are the Tiger King memes. I can't just even open, pick my favorite. Open the tank, Carol. That's it. That's it. I mean <laughs> let him look in it. I'm Mark Safe from Carol Baskins today. <laughs> I gotta what tell you, you I, I am only I'm only through four episodes, but all of them right. were watched today. Yeah, and I will finish it by the night's end. It is I saying it's the best thing on the internet is maybe a misnomer. It is, it is the train wreck you can't take your eyes off of. I know. Just when you think that it can't get any weirder, <laughs> <laughs> a new character shows up who's even more bizarre than the rest of them. But it's so fantastic. I mean, because it's so crazy. I mean, we kept saying every time, like, what the heck? And then we're like, oh, my gosh. It got weirder. I, yes. I, I again, I cannot. Julie and I are so hooked. We cannot yes. look away. Well, what's funny is if you read about it, like I've read some stuff from about what the producers, and they really started this to to talk about the exploit exploiting of big cats and exotic cats um and it happened because when they saw that guy who had just purchased um a white snow leopard and it was in his van and they were like we need to do this documentary that talks about the exploitation of of jungle cats and then they said and then we started filming and it turned a totally different direction (laughs) so there's so much happening you you can't even describe it I know. Country, I mean, you just have to see it. Country music star. Uh, <laughs> if we start, if we start a a vlog of this podcast, yeah. I'm gonna need that uh, video team. <laughs> For real. For real. I mean, it is just too good. Too good. Yeah. So if you guys have not seen it, it is on Netflix. It is. It is the train wreck that you have to see. It is. I mean, what else are you going to do right now? You got plenty of time in your days. Oh. If you, if you had nothing, if you had everything to do in the world, you need to stop it and watch this. <laughs> so you know what we're talking about. Oh I mean, my free goodness! Free Joe Exotic, am I right? Oh. <laughs> well, don't ruin it. I still have three episodes to go. Okay. It's not ruined. You just know. Ruined. You know who Joe is. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. If you don't know who Joe is, you need to know who Joe is. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, yeah, I think we just end it there. Yeah. Um, That's the best thing. That's the best thing. And, you know, we're all quarantined anyway. Take their seven 45-minute episodes. Just bang them out. Yep. Yep. Um, And uh, text me when you finish it tonight so we can discuss. All right. Cool. Okay. Well, with that being said... We'll see you guys next time on the Clydesdale Crossfitter and Friends.
Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale Crossfitter and Friends. We are available on all major podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Please, if you liked what you just heard, hit that subscribe button and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Crossfitter and Friends.